Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and for the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. This Major League Baseball episode covers every game scheduled to be played on Saturday, September 10th, 2022. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability using hitter and pitcher projections that I've created in order to make one money line or run line pick on every game that's played seven days a week, though there are no Sunday shows. Also note that I have total projections included in this sheet. I'll mention those as well today. It doesn't mean that I recommend you the same. My goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain picks are being recommended in order for you to come up with plays that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick. Rather, to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. As I go through my plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling. So what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I like to say it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh this is where I, 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 I say a little tidbit before going back to our reminders. You know, we go, we go into the games. Uh, I'm annoyed. So if you hear that frustration in my voice, uh, it's a frustrating Friday for us here. Um, the A plays disappointing. And honestly, that's not what I'm annoyed about. And it's, it's, it's especially pretty because I've been saying it like every other episode that, and I've put, and I've put this in the Google sheet for y'all to see this uh, the last like seven weeks or almost two months now that the B plays have been as profitable as the A grid plays. And somehow the C plays have been even the most profitable. So the point being on all three have been profitable. Like things have been going well around these parts. Um, there was a stretch where the apex just carried us. And that was a lot of fun, but I've been saying like, Hey, there's other stuff happening here. So the fact that the A picks didn't do well, but the B picks were profitable on Friday and the C picks were profitable on Friday doesn't really bother me. What bothers me, what's frustrating is, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm talking about the Rangers and the Blue Jays, and I'm saying I think the Rangers get a shot to hang in there. And I'm like, but here's what I'm going to take the money line, and then they lose by one. And then the Red Sox, same thing as an underdog. And here's what I'm taking the money line, they lose by one. And and that's frustrating. And that happens, obviously. I'm well aware of that. Uh, y'all are probably well aware of that too. That these sort of things happen. Uh, it's just it's frustrating when it happens. And so um, I I feel like and then you have like the Reds, where I'm like, you know, I'm nervous about them winning. So I'm going to take them on the run line, and they just destroy Milwaukee. And everything I talked about with Milwaukee's pitching comes true, and the, and the Reds run away with it and should have had the plus odds on them. So I just crisscross stuff uh, with picking those, um, and that's frustrating. But but what I want to communicate, and I, I don't want to go off the rails again. I feel like I went off the rails a lot yesterday. Um, I'm trying to give you all the good information. I'm trying to get you all to think about these things. But but what, what I really want to communicate is – I'm always talking about the, the price matters, the movement matters, how, you know, and a lot of this is personal preference. And so I, I'm just hoping that, you, you know, you're able to make smart picks, find good prices. If the price isn't good, wait. And if it never gets there, then you don't have to play it, right? If, you know, if you're doing run line or money line, if you're splitting, you know, however you're doing that, things that you're comfortable with, um, sometimes I'm going to pick those right and sometimes I'm not. Um, 
and like I said, it was frustrating because I feel like I just kind of went the wrong way on a bunch of those here on Friday. But um, and it, like I said, it's always frustrating when the picks don't do well. But it's it's like I've been saying that, that there's a lot of good information here, and what I'm trying to communicate and. I'm a professor, y'all. I ramble. This is what I do. It's why it's a perfect job for me because that's what I get to do on a daily basis, right? Um, there's a reason why the A-grade plays have a 50% larger investment than the B-grade plays. Not a 100 times investment, not twice as much, or 100, 100% increase, you know, or, or two times increase, whatever. It's because the A picks, I think, are just a little bit stronger than the B picks. And I know that for a lot of the season, that didn't really play out that way. And I, I've addressed some of that. I think there's some reasons for it. Some of it's just some random variability. Like, I, I think there were there was a really solid stretch where I think we had a lot of good luck on the A plays and bad luck on the B plays that could have easily flip-flopped and created more of a situation where the A plays didn't look quite as strong as they've been and the B plays looked better. Um, that's kind of what we've seen over the last more couple months where they've been a lot closer there's just, there's a lot of variability here and baseball is a game where having all those games and you don't have to play all of them, but playing more, playing more than just two or, or three can really be advantageous. So um, what I'm trying to communicate again is there's a lot of things, hopefully that you're getting from some of these. And when I say a versus B versus C, I'm not saying there's a couple of C picks and I'll tell you that I'm like, I don't think that this is priced horribly or priced perfectly. So I don't really like anything. Um, but even a lot of the C picks, you know, I'm, I'm saying I think they're worth a little bit of an investment, a small investment, because they can really help balance your portfolio. And I said that phrase a lot yesterday, balancing your portfolio. I think you saw it on this Friday that the A picks tanked, but the B picks profitable, C picks profitable helped insure us and get us a little bit of that profit back. If you're doing some sort of scaling thing or some sort of, you're still considering those types of plays as well. So all that rambling aside, just to say there's a lot happening in all of these. And I've never liked the idea of just focusing on the A-grade plays because sometimes nights like Friday happen. So if you do that, you, that's what you're choosing to do. Oh, you have to understand sometimes that's going to happen. It hasn't happened a lot, thankfully. Uh, but sometimes the, the A-plays just aren't going to be there for us. And that's just the way it goes. And, and the B-plays do better. So hopefully they all do well. But every given night, there's variability every which way possible. So hopefully Saturday... Can go a little bit better. Got a lot of games to talk about. Got a lot of plays I like. But before we get to those, some of those reminders for you, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball and MLB or college ball content that this channel provides. Share with the friend if you others in the game. Hit me up on Twitter or drop a comment from YouTube. I love those and try to respond to as many as I can. We've also partnered with Horse Racing Today. For those of you who like to play the ponies, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They've got a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There isn't an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Check out their YouTube shows or the website. The links are in the description. And the last thing here, we've started up that Patreon page for those of you looking to support the show. Membership starts at just $3 per month. We've got a lot of good benefits on there. Uh, exclusive access to our Discord. We've got early access to shows, ad-free shows, early access to model projections. Um, if there's other things that you're interested in, uh, extra benefits, always feel free to drop those in the comment. Love to hear those suggestions. Um, we've got a group text, and I'm pinging back and forth ideas with my co-host about other things that we can provide for you some extra benefits. Uh, we're always kind of trying to come up with some stuff. Um, any ideas you have, anything that you're looking for? Um, always feel free to suggest that and we'll, and we'll take that into consideration because I'm just trying to give just trying to give the people here what you want. All right. Uh, so let's get to the games. Uh, a couple of afternoon games here. We're starting off 105 Eastern Rays at the Yankees. 
Um, Yankees falling here the first game of the series. Game two should be another good game. Uh, the first game was priced pretty tightly, and this one's priced pretty tightly. And I thought the first game was priced fairly well. I think this one's priced fairly well. Well, with the Yankees on uh, on Friday, uh, mainly under the logic of the model hasn't really liked the Yankees, so anytime it does, I, I tend to think it's a, a solid play. It was a small edge, and of course that didn't work out. But again, it was an anything-can-happen type game. The race pulled it off. I'm going to be on the race here on Saturday at minus 102. It's a B-grade pick. The model says it should be raised minus 103, so it's really more about... Um, I was really hoping for even money. On the raise at minus 102, I just figured why not? It's close enough. It's all rounding here. Um, I like the fact that the offenses here, that Tapas got rates at a better offense, they rate out at a better bullpen, and the pitching matchup is even. And so I really was thinking about getting the better odds here, and that, of course, falls for Tampa Bay. So I, I just don't see why the Yankees are favored in this game. Um, they're obviously a good team. But the Rays are playing really well. The Rays are a good team. Also, I guess that I just I, I just give a slight edge to the Rays here. And I think there's some value here as long as you're around even money. So that's why I've got it as a B-grade pick. Total in this game, 7.5. Model says 8.5. Expects a lot more runs. It's going to be a fairly warm one in New York. We're talking about low 80s for the majority of this game and warming up as it goes along. And the wind blowing out to left field, maybe slightly across, maybe slightly more out. Maybe we'll have some more clarity on that um, in the you know in the morning, later morning, whatever, as you get closer to this. But if that wind's giving the, any boost to the hitters, the, the, the warmth does too. I've talked about this a little bit. Jake and I talked about it. You know, people talking about, you know, Judge having those home runs because it's a hitter-friendly ballpark. It just isn't true. It, it's it's kind of hitter-friendly in the warmer weather, but it's pretty pitcher-friendly in the cooler weather. Uh, and, and obviously he had to play there in April and, and May where it was a little bit cooler and, and a lot of places in the country now in September and even in late August, it was starting to cool down. But, you know, low 80s, getting up to the mid 80s here for this game, a little bit more, more the ball's going to fly. It's going to be more of a hitter-friendly day in Yankee Stadium. So obviously Kluber and Tyon are two solid pitchers, but I think seven and a half is too low. And obviously the, the, the relievers are solid, but I mean, both these are still above average offenses. Again, and the weather conditions are just ripe for more runs. Both these pitchers grade out just barely above average. Both both are solid, but uh, neither is fantastic. Both these guys, ERA's right around four, and the underlying metrics say that's pretty spot on for both of them. Again, both decent, but the offenses are more good than the pitchers are good. And so, again, with a warmer day, I think that lends itself to runs. So that's why the total's got a uh, model's got a total of eight and a half that you could take the over on this one. 220 Eastern first pitch Giants at the Cubs. About 80 degrees for the totality of this game. Wind's kind of shifting around is what it looks like now. There's no total out, no run line out yet. Talked about this on yesterday's show. Um, if this wind shifted, and, and the winds were talking about more than five miles an hour, under 10 for sure, probably closer to five um, is what it's being projected at now. But the, the direction these and how they shift is really going to matter. It's going to start off blowing kind of out-ish to left and finish kind of blowing in-ish from right. So we're talking about, you know, maybe about a 90 degree shift in these winds throughout this game. And that's going to really matter because if it starts off and it starts more out to across, that's very hitter friendly versus if it starts off more across to in, now it's more pitcher friendly. It's going to be kind of neutral for part of the game, but it's going to help or hurt 
the hitters and part of the game, or as it's projected right now, maybe a lot of nothing. So it could really shift the total right now. The model says the total should be 7.7 based off of this. If it shifts a little bit more out, I'd say eight, if it shifts a little more in, I'd say seven and a half. And right now it's kind of right between those two. So um, not really sure how the wind will play out again, even though it's only five, six, seven miles an hour wind that matters, that actually kind of matters in Wrigley where it doesn't matter really anywhere else. And again, one more day, uh, but two good pitchers in Logan Webb and Marcus Stroman. Uh, Webb, 280-90 ERA, underlying metrics say maybe about a half run higher. Uh, Stroman, 373 ERA, the advanced metric, that's pretty spot on. Webb's a better pitcher here, but but Stroman's a solid pitcher as well. Uh, again, Giants bullpen I don't like, but it's better than this Cubs bullpen, which is terrible. Uh, I, I feel like I could schedule the tweet now, right? Get up with the Cubs and hold on for dear life. And that worked for us on Friday, but that bullpen sure gave us gave up two runs and could have easily given up a lot more. And and that's the thing with this Cubs team, right? Uh, their their bullpen post trade deadline is just horrific. Um, offensively, Giants have a better offense, not by a ton, but by a little bit. Model says this should be Giants minus one eleven. Right now, there's no edge on either side. And I want to see what the run line is on this one. So uh, yesterday, at least there was a little bit of an edge on the Cubs. And so I was comfortable locking that in. And that worked out for us. Uh, today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make a play right now. I, I want to see more. I'm going to wait until uh, we get a total and a run line out for this. By the time you're watching this, I might already have a pick. Check Twitter. Check the Google Sheet for that. Uh, but right now, there's it's not worth locking in anything at these prices. Again, model says minus 111 for the Giants. So I'm looking for a minus 10 something for the Giants, or I'm looking for at least plus 110 on the Cubs. And right now, I can't get either of those. So I don't think either one's worth locking in. And especially if the total is seven and a half or we're thinking wins more in, if I was going to back the Cubs, I'd probably be more likely to do it on the run line. It, it, you know, if I'm backing the Giants, I probably would just take the money line because it's short odds. But again, at minus 113, which is what I'm seeing right now, I'm not getting excited about that. So I'm going to hold off, make a play on this one later. Again, really hoping for minus 10-something on the Giants. If you get to minus 105, starting to get excited about that. Who knows how this number will shift. Again, Webb a better pitcher than Stroman, but it's hard to fade Stroman because he's solid as own right. And this Cubs team we talked about is decent. The issue is just their bullpen. 405 Eastern. First pitch, White Sox at the A's. It'll be a chilly one to start in Oakland in the low 60s, around 70 degrees to close. Wind's blowing out as it typically does in Oakland. It tends to not matter. Um, this one, of course, is a 1 o'clock local start, so a chilly afternoon to start with, but at least by the end of the day, uh, at least becoming a, a nicer afternoon. Model says the total should be 6.6 for this game. Says the fact that the wind's blowing out in Oakland doesn't matter because it tends to blow out. I think 6.6 is a little low. The ball tends to carry there a little bit better in the day, but I would make this total seven. So right now I'm seeing seven and a half. And so if you can still get a seven and a half under that, I think makes a lot of sense. I'm going to be all over the White Sox here. The model says there's not much of an edge. It says there's really no edge in the money line. Model says that the money line price should be 173. And I'm seeing White Sox 181. So it says that the money line price is just too steep. But I'm going to jump on the White Sox here on the run line. Saw here in Friday night that this A's bullpen just cannot be trusted. I don't trust Adrian Martinez. I think he's not 
terrible, uh, but the model gives him a 106 rating. And that's because it thinks that his ERA of 437 is even a little bit deflated by playing half of his games in Oakland. And, and, and I think this White Sox offense average against a righty, um, but they're facing a below average righty and they'll be facing a below average set of relievers. So I think the White Sox can get some runs. Lance Lynn has been pitching phenomenally. I talked about it a lot lately with him and I've been fortunate to back him for most of the time that he's pitched well. Last time out, I didn't. And it's not that I regretted it so much. I still think there was value on the marriage with those big plus odds, but uh, he continued to pitch well. And, and that's just why I said, I like the under in that game and the under hit pretty easily because he's pitching really well. He's finally got it going. The underlying metrics were kind of there for the most part after the first couple of starts. Uh, I just, I think he's, it, it, it doesn't really have as much to do with the fact that he's pitching well of late. It has to do with of late. He's pitching like the underlying metrics have suggested he should be pitching the whole time. It's not that I think he's hot right now. I don't really believe in that. There's not really a lot of statistical evidence to show that that's, really accurate what i believe is that he's still being priced as if he is a 434 era pitcher which is what has happened but he is the underlying metrics have him more in the mid threes he's a good pitcher and he's been pitching like a good pitcher and i still think he will continue to pitch like a good pitcher which he's done lately and of course against the a's in that ballpark he should have a pretty good start so i i expect good things from lynn i expect the white Sox to win this one I'm grabbing the run line at minus 110. I think it should be higher priced than this. So it's a B-grade pick for me on the White Sox. It's it's not, and like I talked about the top, right? The, the difference between the A and the B and the C is just a little bit of scaling. I, I think the White Sox are worth an investment here. I think the money line price is a little bit too high. I'm not a fan of it. But on the run line, I think it should be a little bit high. I think there's some value on this. It's not my favorite play of the day because as we've talked about in this series now, third time, I'm going to say the same thing. In that ballpark, it's not often easy to win by multiple runs. You have a lot of low scoring games. It obviously doesn't mean it can't happen. Um, the White Sox, you know, Thursday night won 110 to two or whatever it was, right? So they obviously did it with ease then, but it's not typically easy. And so there's always just that little bit of fear of that. And so I want better odds for it to be an A grad. There's enough value for that, but I think it's a solid pick. So I'm on the White Sox here run line. B grade picking again. Model thinks under seven and a half makes some sense too. Uh, surprising addition to the afternoon slate here for 10 Eastern first pit tires, the Royals rain expected in Kansas city later in the day. And thus they have moved this game to an earlier start time to get it in a wise move by the folks there in Kansas city. In my opinion for this one, it'll be about 70 degrees to start around 80 degrees to close. Winds will be blowing kind of a similar scenario to what we talked about at Wrigley kind of out and across to start and then kind of in and across to finish a little stronger though, more close to 10 miles an hour. So could really affect this one. And in fact, the morning projection for this total was actually eight. And now that I pulled the weather in, it shifted a little bit. It was supposed to be blowing in. Now it's more in and across as it finishes. Now it's 8.3. So when you're talking about a 10 ish mile an hour wind, whether it's in or across really matters. So uh, again, I'll do a final update um, sometime in the late morning, you can check the sheet and check Twitter for that. Uh, if this shifts around a little bit, it could really affect the total by, you know, tenths of a run, which at 8.3 could actually get up to eight and a half, could drop back to eight. So, I mean, eight, eight and a half kind of just depends on the weather because the weather's going to have, have a part in this one. Um, right now, again, model says 8.3 total actually is 8.5. 
I've got an A-grade play of the Tigers here. It's around even money. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Tigers handling one of the first game. And in this one, they'll have Matt Manning, who's a solid pitcher against John Heasley, who's not. And Heasley's had some decent starts, but he's also had some clunkers. And in general, he's a guy that I I just I like fading. Uh, Model has him at a 121 rating, which is one of the you know anything above 120 is kind of like you're lucky you're still pitching in the majors. Um, 498 ERA in the underlying metrics say it should be actually above five and a half. Uh, whereas Matt Manning, 386 ERA, not only in 44 innings as he was hurt for most of the season, but under the metrics, say around four is pretty solid. You get a solid pitcher. Um, not great, but a solid pitcher who facing a, a below average offense in Kansas City should have success. Uh, Tigers relievers are pretty solid. So, I mean, the Tigers should get out early on Heasley, and then their relievers should be able to hold the win. So, I mean, it's a negative pick for me around even money. This doesn't make sense. Tigers should be favored in this game. Model says it should be Tigers minus 113. Um, and again, it's because of Jared's always talking about uh, the 13 cent differential between what we're getting and what we think we should get matters a lot here with regards to how big of an edge we have. It doesn't change that you're still paying or not paying 13 cents. It's just that that 13 cents here translates to about a 3% edge, whereas 13 cents up with a big favorite translates to like a half a percent edge and doesn't really mean a whole lot. So this 13 cents here, kind of a big deal. Um, a decent edge on the Tigers. I love it. Like I said, around even money is an A-grade play uh, for me there. 505 Eastern, first pitch, Red Sox at the Orioles. Talked about this with the top Red Sox, breaking our hearts and or breaking my own heart, just not going with the run line. And, and, and knowing I've talked about it, with the small favorites, small to me or small dogs, small medium dogs, you know, just take the run line. And I don't take that advice and, and shoot myself in the foot here. Uh, for this one, we're looking at weather in the upper 70s for the most part. Winds be blowing out to start, but across to finish. Model says the total should be eight and a half. Uh, and it says it should be Red Sox minus 102. So, really, a coin toss game on this one. There's no line out as of yet. Uh, so no official pick again, I'll, I'll put that on Twitter and on the sheet, but Michael Walker and Jordan Lyles, two solid pitchers having pretty good seasons. Uh, Lyles 425 ERA underlying metric two. That's pretty spot on model. Gives him a one Oh two grade. Um, Waka 258 ERA. Now he's not that good. He's solid, but not that good. Underlying metrics say, uh, upper threes. So, I mean, two solid pitchers here, slight edge to the Red Sox offensively slight edge to the Red Sox on offense. Orioles, though, relievers better. Uh, games in Baltimore, I mean, all it just kind of balances out, which is why it's a coin toss game. So really, if I could get plus odds on either side, I'm, I'm, I'm probably taking it. Uh, if not, if it's one of those like minus 105 on each side, I, I, honestly, I don't know. It, it's probably it's probably a true stay away if it's minus 105 on each side, if it's that sort of line, because it, it, it should be a good game. So it's really just about getting plus odds and it's just saying anything can happen. So plus odds is a good long-term investment, even if it doesn't work out on any individual game. 605 Eastern, first pitch, Nats. The Phillies, Phillies get it done for us here on the run line. Nats looking more like the normal Nats self, only scoring three runs. It's a whole lot more normal than the, you know, 14 or whatever that they've been putting up, it seems like, as of late. Uh, I think it's a similar story here on this one. I think it should be massive Phillies edge. Uh, Eric Fetty versus Ranger Suarez. Suarez is decently above average. Fetty's decently below average. You can see it in their ERAs. They're pretty they're pretty accurate as of what they are. There's really no smoke and mirrors here. I mean, they are what they are. Suarez is a solid pitcher, and, and Fetty's not. Uh, and, and, and like I said, what I really like about Suarez is 
finished the season strong last year, and he's looked good for the, about the last two-thirds of the season. He had just some blips in the radar here to start the season, but for the most part, he's been a consistently solid pitcher, and I think that's what we're getting for him. It's 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 I can kind of I don't want to say forgive, it's not the right word, but I can excuse, I guess maybe the right word. Uh some of that struggles he had early in the season because when you take what he did, look at what he did at the end of last year and what he's done for the majority of this season, it's been solid work. And he's really showing himself to be a solid pitcher. And of course in Philly with um Nolan Wheeler, I mean, if, if he's their three, pretty solid rotation. Of course, they gotta get Wheeler back healthy. That's a whole other story, right? Uh, of course, Phillies have better offense, better relievers. Again, it's all Phillies in this one. Model says it should be Phillies minus 250. The actual price is 230. If you want to lay 230, I think that's fine. If you want to throw in a parlay, I think that's fine. Uh, again, I always just recommend don't put the same team in all your parlays, right? Uh, try to keep them lower teamed. Um, right? Don't do 17 parlays because you'll probably lose a lot of them and get frustrated, right? Other than that, like if you're doing, if you're doing parlays, you know, you throw the Phillies in the parlay, I think it's fine. Uh, you're adding some risk, obviously, but I think you're adding more reward than risk. I'm going to take them on the run line at minus 125. It's a bigger play. I think there's value in the Phillies here. Um, we're getting better odds because of the home team, and it's harder to win by two as the home team than it is at the road team because you may not get that extra bet. Uh, thankfully, they did it for us here on Friday, so I think they can do it again Saturday. Minus 20, 125 is not that steep of a price to lay when you have a team as solid as the Phillies going up against a team despite – a decent week and a half, still not a very good Nats team. St- still a Nats team. I know we're singing their praises, but they've still lost three of their last five games. And I know that that's a better pace than they've been on, but that's still not a good baseball team, uh, even at that. And that's like the good stretch, right? And of course, they won a few against the Mets before that. But bottom line is uh, Philly's just still a much better team. And so I- I'm comfortable backing them. I think they should be bigger favorites in this. Massive pitching edge with Suarez versus Fetty in this one. A game that has a total of eight and a half. Model says 8.8. Winds will be blowing out around five miles an hour for this one. Um, On the kind of warm-ish side, not really. Around 80 degrees to start, mid-70s to close. So not really enough warmth to say the ball's going to fly. But the model thinks that the Phillies should have a field day against Fetty and put up a lot of runs. If I was going to play a total on this one, I'd probably take Phillies team total over personally, and that would be a different look than playing the run line in case you didn't like playing a home run line. So it might be the other way I'd look at this rather than the team over just because I'm not sure how many runs the Nats score off of Suarez. I know again the Nats have scored a lot as of late, but uh, Suarez could absolutely hold them down, and I don't think anybody would be too surprised about that. 16 Eastern first pitch, Mets at the Marlins. Uh, Marlins scoring some runs the last couple days. Um I don't think that's really too much to get excited about. I think I, I'm, as I'm always talking about, I'm usually not a like what's happened in the last week, two weeks kind of guy, but the Marlins stretch of just not scoring runs. I mean, that kind of is who they are. They're not a good offense. They're probably not as bad as that stretch was, right? I mean, that's like historically bad. So they're probably not that bad, but they're still bad. Um, it's why they're one of the worst rated offenses in the model. So they're still not a good offense and they've scored a little bit here, but they were, Bound it. It, it's really more surprising that they didn't have a game where they scored seven runs in the middle of a historic streak because that is crazy. Like, just that that didn't randomly happen because that's baseball, right? So it's it's. I don't think it means too much if that had happened. If yesterday's game had happened a month ago, instead of on back to back days, we would all just be like, yeah, every once in a while they're going to score, but for the most part they're bad, right? And I think that's probably the accurate way to look at it. 
two solid starting pitchers in Carrasco and Pablo Lopez, both around 90 grades in the model. Both of them mid upper threes ERA underlying metrics, both say mid upper threes. I mean, two, two solid pitchers. It's just that the Mets relievers I trust and the Marlins relievers I don't. The Mets offense I trust and the Marlins offense I don't. So I'm on the Mets here at minus 151. It's a B grade play. Model says it should be minus 165. So a little bit of an edge here. Again, as we talked about, a 13-cent edge in Detroit gets you an A grade. A 14-cent edge here, further away from even money, doesn't quite reach that criteria. If this is down to the minus 140-somethings, that would be an A grade. Minus 149, probably not as much, but minus 145, for sure an A grade on this one. So at 151, I like the Mets. I think the Mets are worth an investment, like I've been talking about. As of, like I said, this a lot here the last couple of weeks. B plays, I think, are worth a look. Doesn't mean you should play every single one of them. But that means I think they're worth a look. I think the Mets are worth a look here. As long as your price isn't too high in the minus 150s, I think the Mets are worth an investment. You could play them on the run line. I'm really, like, scarred for Friday's games because I feel like I chose every one of them wrong. You could play them on the run line, a total of 7.5, and, and the model thinks under. The model says total should be 7.1. So in a lower scoring game, I'm just going to stick to the money line and lay the odds. I, I feel like that's the smart strategy, but again, I'm just a little bit like snake bitten here from Friday. Maybe maybe run line's a better play. I don't really know. A lot of this comes down to personal preference and how you want to manage your money. I just think the Mets are the side to be on here. I wouldn't want to back the Marlins, but obviously however you choose to do it, uh, hopefully it works out for you. 7-5 Eastern first pitch, another game. Like I said, I just... I. Look, I picked it wrong yesterday. I'm going to try the run line tonight. I don't know. <laughs> could the, the Rangers could pull this off, and then I'll just yeah, could win, and then I'll just you know be shaking my head the whole time. It's a massive pitching edge here for the Blue Jays with Kevin Gaussman versus Kohi Arihara. And uh, Gaussman's a guy I talked about. I, I, I've liked the, the underlying metrics. Like him, he's he's really like solidly now in tier 2.5. Uh, he's not in the Scherzer, Verland, or whatever that top, but he's he's kind of separated himself up a little bit from the Dylan Ceases and the Biebers and, and the, those guys. So, I mean, he's he's heading on up to that second tier, you know, knocking on that door. 312 ERA, the underlying metrics say really it should be in the mid twos. I mean, a fantastic pitcher. Uh, if, if the Jays can find more guys like that, they're a scary team in the playoffs. The issue, of course, with the Jays is they don't really have a lot of pitching depth. And when you get to that third, fourth pitcher they're, they're in trouble but Gaussman's not the problem a great pitcher and Arihara for the Rangers is just meh at best four starts 529 ERA now the underlying metrics say it's not that bad he doesn't project that bad but it ain't good uh the Blue Jays offense better than the Rangers offense the Blue Jays relievers better than the Rangers relievers Blue Jays should absolutely be favored I just think they're overpriced again uh again should have gone run line Friday night didn't I'll take the run line tonight on the Rangers with the bigger pick at minus 105. Bottom line is I just I see very few opportunities where it makes sense to back the Jays. If you don't want to fade them, that's fine. We made a lot of money fading them uh, the last three-ish months or whatever. So if you don't want to fade them, that's fine. Um, I just wouldn't back them. Price is just too much. Model says it should be 163. So like minus 191, which is the price now. And that's, of course, again, like I was talking about it. I'm gonna go on a little rabbit hole here. I'll try to. I'll try to keep it. I'll try to keep it short. But it, it's it's the it's a hard thing from sitting in my chair here, and not that I'm asking for your sympathy, but it's the hard thing because uh, I talked about it with the Astros Angels here on Friday night. I said I said 24 hours or 20 whatever hours before the game starts. I'm like, the price I'm seeing is Astros minus 220, and that price is garbage. 
and let's back the Angels. And let's back them on the run line. Thankfully, they lost by one. That one, and then, uh, but I said I was like, hey, if you can get a price starts with a one on the Astros, I'd back them on the money line. I said those would be the two plays, and and that worked out beautifully because the price did come down on the Astros because that was a stupid high price, and you shouldn't have laid two twenty in the Astros, and. People seem to realize that. And then it was in the 100s. And so then if you did jump on the Astros at like minus 190, whatever, which was an okay price, you won that too. So like that one worked out beautifully, but it doesn't always work out that way. But depending on how the price moves changes how you feel about this. I think the Blue Jays at minus 191 is a horrible investment. But I want to make sure you hear that I'm talking about at that price because I don't know what the numbers should do over. And I don't know what the numbers should be by the time you listen to this or even an hour after you listen to this, two hours after you listen to it. It's a night game, five hours after you listen to this. You know, we're watching college football at 3 p.m. Who knows what the numbers are going to do, right? So I don't like minus 191. Model says 163. But like if it's like minus 165-ish, I'd play the Blue Jays. Or maybe even minus 170. I'd play the Blue Jays. I'm not playing them at minus 190. And, and, and I went through this exercise yesterday, so hopefully I'm preaching to the choir on this. I don't want to talk any more about it, but the, the, the price really matters. Uh, every time you could save it, we're talking about long-run probabilities. So too long, don't listen. If you honestly believe that a good play at minus 170 is also always a good play at minus 190, I cannot help you. That is factually wrong. That's not true. That doesn't mean that some good plays at minus 170 also aren't good plays at minus 190, but they aren't all that way by design. Every good play at minus 190 is a good play at minus 170, but not necessarily the other way around. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes you say 170 is great value, and you know what? I still like it at minus 190. That's cool, but not every situation is like that, and that's what I'm saying about this game. Minus 170 in the Blue Jays? Sure. Minus 190? No. I don't know what the number's going to do where it is right now. I think the Rangers make sense. Run line around even money. Offer some value. The Rangers can absolutely hang in there in this game. They absolutely can get blown out. That's betting, right? <laughs> um, it, it, the Rangers seem to hang in. As I talked about yesterday, they, they, they're they showing a level of kind of competence that the Rangers often do. They often kind of make their fans, I think, give a little hope, right? <laughs> and it never really turns in anything. Uh, but I mean, they're playing okay. And uh, they lost by one here on Friday night. Hopefully they lose by one again. On Saturday, they can they can cover this for us, or maybe they, they accidentally pull the upset. Uh, total on this one's eight. Model says seven point nine. So it's pretty well priced total. Seventeen Eastern chart time. Guardians at the Twins. A chilly one in Minnesota. Mid uh, low sixties, uh, low to mid sixties for this one. Um, winds will be blowing. Also kind of shifting around, but mostly under five miles an hour. It's probably not too much of a wind effect in this one. Tristan McKenzie versus Chris Archer. I like McKenzie and I don't like Archer. Archer's pitched okay. He's just very meh at this point. Model gives him a 109 rating. 447 ERA in the underlying metrics say that is who he is in his 100 innings this season. That's not a mirage at all. Uh, McKenzie probably not as good as that 318 ERA, but the other metrics say upper threes for him. I, I like McKenzie. I don't like Archer. And that's why I'm picking the Guardians here, but it's only a C grade pick. I don't think there's a lot of value at minus 120. Model says it should be minus 111. So minus 120, you're not really getting much value. Um, you can play run line, but it's a total of seven and a half chilly night. I'm not sure it's worth it. Um, could easily be a one run game. Guardians relievers better than the Twins relievers. So, I mean, a little bit of an edge there, but Twins offense better than the Guardians offense team in Minnesota. So, I mean, minus 120 is just kind of a steep price, even though we have a starting pitcher edge and a reliever edge. 
given that the Twins offense is a little bit better in the, and it's a road game, it, it, it's just a little too much. I'll be on the Guardians because I just don't want to back Archer unless I'm getting good value. And I don't think I'm getting good value at the current price option of plus 110 on the Twins. Um, I'd look run line, but with a low total, I mean, run line on the Twins. And you can do it, and it, it may be a smart play. It's just the odds are just not exciting. You're looking at like minus 180, minus 190 type odds. And that's just to, to, to quote, you know, the Mark Cubans of the world, right? It's just not enough to get me enough to get me out of the bed in the out of bed in the morning. You know, <laughs> it's just not that exciting. Uh, so maybe you take a chance on the Twins money line, but again, plus one ten with Chris Archer against a good Guardians team and Tristan McKenzie just isn't enough either. So I'll be on the Guardians here. I just don't love the price at minus one twenty. This drops, I'd be comfortable adding another unit to it. But but for now, just a lean uh, on Cleveland. 7.15 Eastern first pitch Reds at the Brewers nailed the Reds in this one nailed this handicap pretty well for Friday I'm flipping I'm on the Brewers uh, here on Saturday Hauser looked respectable his most recent outing a shaky first inning and then kind of got it together it's less about Hauser, who I think is just medium of the road okay. It's more about the fact that I'm not a fan of Chase Anderson whatsoever. He's pitched thrice in the big leagues thus far this season. Five innings and a 12.60 ERA. <laughs> he's obviously not that bad, but I'm not sure how much better he is than that. He's he's a, a quad A type player. And the Brewers' offense is above average, and they are very reliant on the home run, but I think they're going to hit some home runs off of him. I don't think he's going to go very deep, and that doesn't bode well for the Reds. The Reds have a couple guys at the back end of their bullpen, Diaz one, and a couple other guys who are okay. You know, not terrible, right? But I mean, they just don't have the depth to to withstand that. I mean, they to, for the Reds to really have a chance to win this, they either need to put up some crooked numbers of Hauser, which is possible, sure, absolutely, uh, or they need Anderson to go like five innings and that way they can set the bullpen up a lot better. And I just don't see that happening at all. So I think it's going to go very poorly for the Reds with regards to that. I think Kowser's decent enough to hold down a very below average Reds offense. I think the Brewers run away with this one. It's an angry pick for me on the run line at minus 110. Model says it should be Brewers minus 274 and the actual price is 215. So Brewers, another team, if you want to throw them in a parlay, again, all the caveats I mentioned earlier, I think that's totally fine. I'm sticking to the run line as a solo pick, but run line, money line, I think they're both solid investments. It's all personal preference and how you manage your, your money. But, but Brewers, think of the side. So on the Reds last night, not going to be on them tonight. Here's I'm all over at the Brewers. Should be our upper 60s. I'm projecting the roof open. So a little bit... Uh, chillier of a night not really but a little bit chillier of a night um should maybe make the ball not fly quite as much but i mean that said the brewers should have home runs off chase anderson with the reds bullpen totals 8.5 model says 8.7 715 eastern astros with the angels talked about this one already uh friday night's game in this one now saturday night's game shohei otani versus jose urquidy i mean otani a fantastic pitcher uh, 258 area on the season underlying metrics say that's spot on. Arkini 351, but the advanced metrics say it should be actually about a full run higher than that. He grades out as exactly league average. Massive starting pitching edge here for the Angels. Offensively, Astros, pretty big edge. Bullpens, pretty big edge. But I mean, Otani is the type of pitcher who can make the bullpen edge completely null and void because he can go eight innings uh, all by himself. I think this is... Uh, not that far from a coin toss type game. Model says minus 119, but the model has tended to not 
give Otani quite the credit. I think he deserves. We faded him a lot, and it's worked really well. But this time, the model doesn't say to fade him. So I'm going to back him with a B-grade pick at plus 118. Again, models has not really much of an edge. But again, trying to read the model, read the tea leaves here. I think plus 118 offers some good value. Again, you can look run line, and gosh, I feel like a broken record here. But it is a low-total game. It's just the odds are really high because of that. And you're looking at like the minus 180s, minus 190 type odds. Maybe minus two hundred, and it's like I just am not that excited about it. I'll just take them on the on the money line, and hope they can pull it off. Um, because the Astros' offense is good enough to win this game by multiple runs, and then I don't want to have to. We have to talk about the big favorites. You don't want to lay minus two hundred, you know, minus three hundred sometimes on a big favorite because you're like baseball's weird and they could lose, right? Well, I'm like I don't want to lay minus two hundred on Angels' run line because the Astros' offense is good enough to win by two runs pretty easily. Like no one would be shocked at that. Right. So odds are just too steep for my liking. So I'll take them on the run line. I think there's some value here. Again, the models tended to want to fade Otani. So anytime there's value on them, I think it makes sense to jump on them. Plus Plus one eighteen is good enough for me. Total in this one, again, seven models says 7.7 model expects some runs here. Again, the caveat is you just never know with Otani. Sometimes he goes like six innings and sometimes he goes eight or nine. When he goes deep into this game and, nullifies the bad angels bullpen that saves half a run to a full run right there of expected runs. Right. So model would indicate over model also doesn't think again, Arquiti's that good. And if that's the case, model thinks the angels can put up some runs. I'm not sure I'd play this over model says to it's one that you have to really dive in a lot deeper than I'm willing to, since my official picks are only on money line to run line. So I'm just letting you know what the model says and saying, I think the angels are, Worth a look at plus odds here with Otani pitching. Uh, and then beyond that, again, models is over. I, I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I can kind of be of either mind on that one. 735 Eastern, first pitch, Cardinals at the Pirates. A nice night in Pittsburgh. We're talking mid-70s for most of it. Winds be blowing in around five miles an hour, and that – Puts us with a total, according to the model, of 7.9. Actual total is 8, so spot on. Uh, some questionable pitching at different parts of this game, but some questionable hitting and winds blowing in kind of puts you at that average total of 8. Uh, so stay away there. According to the model, I tend to agree. I think it's a pretty good number. Jack Flaherty versus JT Brubaker. Uh, Brubaker, the better pitcher here, a guy I've talked about, a solid guy for the Pirates, uh, a 435 ERA, but the internal metrics say it should be in the mid upper threes versus Flaherty who 415 year in the season underlying metrics say it should be in the mid fives. Now, of course that's only in 13 innings uh, Flaherty hard to know what to make of him at this point model gives him a slightly above average or slightly below average grade. I still think Brubaker's a better pitcher. Obviously Flaherty has the potential if he can get it all together, but he's just had so many issues at this point. It's hard to really trust that you're going to get six good innings from him. You might, especially against the Pirates, but it's not something that I'm completely sold on. So I think the Pirates have an edge here with regards to starting pitcher and Brubaker. Obviously, their relievers are not good uh, and their offense isn't good, but it's all about the price here. Model says this should be Cardinals minus 148. So prices right now around minus 200 for the Cardinals are just way too high. I, I just don't, I think this is being prices of Flaherty's like, pitching in that like one stretch that he had where he looked really amazing. Like that's kind of how this is priced. And I don't trust that at all. Um, I, again, I like Brubaker backed him 
last Sunday in this similar spot as a big uh, home underdog. I'm going to back him again here. Run line, even money is an angry play for me. You can take a stab at the Pirates on the money line if you want. Again, model says plus 179 offers some pretty good value here, given that the price should be 148. Again, not to be a broken record, but after picking, feeling like I picked everything wrong the day before, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can. I'm sticking to run line. I'm sticking to my guns, which is I think this is a tight game. Maybe the Pirates win. Maybe they lose by one, and I like I love this even money. Uh, so I, I'm not going to get greedy and go for the money line here. But if you want to take a stab at it, at the plus 180-ish, not a crazy idea because you just never really know exactly what you're going to get from Flaherty. And this Cardinals team looking kind of human as of late. Who knows if that's real or not? Um, I, I The model's been kind of like the Cardinals. Ha- model hasn't really loved what the Cardinals have done all season. The, car- the model's kind of said... Uh, the Cardinals are, are, are solid, but maybe not quite as good as their record all season. And and they've won a lot of games, but the model's been a little hesitant to say they're a great team um, the whole season. So it, if that's the case, I mean, the Pirates got a shot to, like I said, hang in there with such a good pitcher like Brubaker on the hill. Eight tennis team Diamondbacks at Rockies. Uh, uh <laughs> I said under 11 and there were 23 runs scored. Uh, So that wasn't good. You know, a A, anything can happen in course field. And we've seen random situations where we've had like these two, nothing games and it's always, it's floored all of us, right? Cause none of us expect that. And then you see games like that, just get off the rails, just crazy. That can happen. The altitude and the fact that they made a bigger ballpark so that there were fewer home runs just creates more doubles, right? So it's like more doubles and more home runs. Everything happens higher, of course, except for like bunt singles, you know, or stolen bases, right? Um, so that's obviously on the table. The weather trends that we're playing on the totals are going to work most of the time, but sometimes when they don't, I mean, it just blows up. And that one obviously blew up. So, I mean, I'm not hiding from that. This one it is. Model says under again. This one I'm a little more nervous about, but the model says under because, again, the weather, the ball is just not going to fly as much. It's still going to fly because it's coors, but we're talking about around 60 degrees to start and mid-50s to close, a chilly night in Denver. Uh, winds blowing mostly across for this one. Being a chilly night, it's harder to score runs. That doesn't mean we won't see 23 runs again. It's just not what we expect to happen. Model says go under 11 and a half, says the total should be 10 and a half. I like this one a little bit less than last night's. Nothing to do with last night's game, simply because of the fact that I don't really like either one of these starting pitchers. And I really thought that the two starting pitchers on Friday would actually act like starting pitchers in the major leagues and not like high schoolers. But, you know, sometimes that's what happens in course field is major league pitchers look like high schoolers. For this one, uh, Madison Bumgarner and Jose Urena, I just don't like either one of these pitchers. I faded Urena like probably every time he started this season, and he's had some stretches where he's looked really good, but he's got given us some easy money fading him too. Uh, 6.13 ERA on the season. Underlying metrics say it should be a full run better than that, but in the fives, it's still really bad. You know, he graded that at one point like a bottom five pitcher in the majors, and he's not that bad, I think, but he's not that much better than that. Bumgarner, I don't tend to make a lot of 
how a pitcher's looked in the last however many starts, but we're entering the point of the year where we might start thinking a little bit about that for certain guys based off of fatigue, nothing else. Again, obviously, always a caveat if a pitcher decides to change up his pitch usage frequency, adds a new pitch, stops using a pitch, whatever. That's a whole other issue, right? Other than that, you know, I very rarely ever make this like, oh, he's had four good starts in a row, four bad starts in a row. It's like, yeah, but you, 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 that doesn't mean he's going to have five. Like he, he may bounce back or may fall apart on the next one or may, you know, you just never know, right? It, it, your best predictor is looking at a longer stretch of data than just like the last several starts. But the, the caveat, I mentioned this with Alcantara for the Mariners and or for the Marlins and he didn't look good either was he stood a lot of innings this year. And you wonder, is that affecting his arm a little bit, a little fatigue, a little bit less life on his pitches, you know, that sort of thing. And, and it doesn't always manifest itself in velocity. A lot of times when a pitcher's fatigued, the velocity is there, but the location just misses a little bit. So it's things you got to really watch the tape on to figure that stuff out. And Bumgarner is another guy, less about the innings this year, more about the innings he's put on his arm in his whole life. He's just been a high pitch guy. The, the Giants really just drove him into the ground in that fantastic stretch he had. And, and you're wondering if that's making it where he just doesn't have it as he's getting older. And not that he's old, but he's got his arms old. If he doesn't have it, to hold through a full, you know, 160 innings that, you know, we expect the major league starter to go these days, 170 innings, whatever. Um, he just has not looked good mostly as of late. And that may just be, he's just a mediocre pitcher, but I said it, it, it for someone like him, it might be just that fatigue from all, all the innings he's thrown. Uh, I don't really trust either one of these pitchers. So again, model says under based off the weather, and that could potentially help the pitchers out, but I just, I'm nervous for each one of them. I'm nervous for this game. I don't really like it whatsoever. The model says Diamondbacks minus 113. So that implies there's some value in the Diamondbacks minus 108. And that's a slide I'll be on. I think it's worth a look, but it's not one I want to be heavily invested in. A, Coors Field's wonky and weird things happen there. B, I don't want to be that invested in Madison Bumgarner. So it's not a bad idea to look at the Diamondbacks here. Uh, to see if you know a small amount just to diversify your portfolio, but there's just a lot of uncertainty. And backing Bumgarner is never fun. Backing Urena is never fun either. So it, it's a game that kind of however you're playing it, and, and maybe you look at the bad pitchers say over. I'm just warning you, the weather's not great, and that doesn't mean that the hitters can't take advantage of it either way. It absolutely can. It's just it's not to me a clear easy under or over or Diamondbacks or Rockies. It's kind of like there's just a lot of. Ugh about this game. So I spent way too much talking about this game. We're moving on to the next one because I don't like that matchup. Um, Dodgers Padres, 840 Eastern. Uh, first pitch, uh, warm night in San Diego. We're in the upper 70s. Winds blowing out, 5 to 10 miles an hour. Julio Urias and Blake Snell combining for a game that has a total of eight. Model says exactly eight. Um, gosh, I feel like I've talked about these guys a lot, but now that they're facing each other, all I'll say on this pitching matchup is one of these pitchers is an ERA that's a run and a half better than the other one, but the underlying metrics say that Snell's the better pitcher. Um, Urias has gotten a little lucky. Snell's gotten un a little unlucky. The model rates them exactly even uh, with regards to projection going forward, length, you know, that sort of thing. It, it, there's a lot of kind of different ways to look at it. But I think if you land at any place other than these two pitchers are really close to each other and like rounding error difference, then I think you're missing something. I think you're not looking at the full picture. Um, 
both these pitchers are really good. Both get 86 grade ratings. I mean, it's pretty good. Uh, they're both full a standard, a full standard deviation above average. I like both these guys. I'd be perfectly happy uh, if I was a fan of either one of these teams having the, one of these guys go out every five days. Good pitchers like them both. I think it's a wash. Uh, I, I know Urias has better results this season, but I don't think he's any better than Snell is. Um, relievers, Dodgers edge, offense, Dodgers edge. Both teams get a little bit of a ding facing a lefty as both of them are a little bit left-handed heavy. So if it was lefty righty, if it was the Dodgers facing a lefty and the Padres facing a righty, I think these offenses are about the same. And if it's Dodgers facing a righty, but Padres facing a lefty, the Dodgers have a huge edge offensively as it is both lefty lefty or righty righty. It's Dodgers have an edge. It's, it's there. It's not rounding error, but it's not like the grand Canyon either. Um, so I mean, the Dodgers should be road favorites here. I just think as usual, they're overpriced. Um, model says 121 price. I'm seeing is 142. So Padres plus 131 offers a decent amount of value. And I'll grab them on the, on the money line here with a B grade pick. Again, you can look run line. Maybe you should, I don't know. Um, I just think it's Padres or pass, whether it's money line or run line. Closing this out. 9-10 Eastern, first pitch, Braves at the Mariners. Mariners not quite able to get it done for us here on Friday, but I still have faith in them here on Saturday, and I love them on the run line here. Minus 155, the odds aren't that steep. In a game that should be really low scoring, I also love the under in this game. Model says 6.2. Under 6.5, I probably would, I would do it, but it'd be one I like less. But under 7 is a gift in this ballpark. With these two pitchers, there were some more runs scored Friday. And again, as I talked about, both offenses are top 10 offenses. They're both good offenses for sure. But in that ballpark with these pitchers, we don't expect another night of 10 runs. Doesn't mean it can't happen, but it's not what we expect. So I love the under here, assuming it's still under seven. Um, that's a number that you're able to get. And I also love the Mariners here on the run line again at like minus 155. We're getting a, a premium here because we should have to pay we should have to pay much bigger odds to get the home team run line in a low scoring game, throwing a pitcher as good as George Kirby with an offense as good as the Mariners have and relievers as good as the Mariners have. We should have to be paying more like minus 200 for this, in my opinion. It's a great value at minus 155 on the run line. I think the Mariners on the money line offer some value, but it's less of a certainty. Um, and not that there's any certainty. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's a lot less likely to hit. And I don't think there's as much value on the money line. I would play the money line if that's, uh, if, if you didn't want to play the run line, still play it. Uh, model says coin toss game on Friday. said so the Mariners should be favored because the pitching matchup is equal. Max Fried's a better pitcher than George. I like George Kirby. He's a great pitcher and 84 grade in the model. It's really good. Max Fried's still a better pitcher. So, uh, with the equal pitching matchup on Friday, I said the Mariners should be favored. Now it's a coin toss game and model says Braves minus one Oh three Braves slight favorites, but it's probably rounding it. Right. So Braves should be slight favorites here. They're on the road, but they got a better pitcher in Max Freed for sure. We've talked about model. actually likes the Mariners bullpen better. Bullpens are tough to grade, but both bullpens are good. Both offenses are good. Mariners weakness, a little bit on lefty. So I guess the Braves a little bit of an advantage there too. So again, I'm comfortable saying the Braves should be favored, but just by a little bit, not by the prices like you're seeing of like minus minus one thirty. That's just a little bit. And we talk about the model tends to say, hey, like you shouldn't just back the best pitchers because they tend to be overpriced because everyone knows they're the best pitchers and everyone wants to back them, which then makes them overpriced because I was talking about this. The books aren't really trying to balance their books out, but I mean, they will absolutely up a number 
a little bit if they know that people will pay a premium for it because they're going to try to take advantage of that. So, I mean, they're they're going to make you pay for it, and, and that's what they're doing. And, and Max Fried's a great pitcher, but they're making you pay for it. I just don't think it's worth it. I think it's Mariner Pass. Again, Moneyline, not a bad look because plus odds, anything can happen. It should be a great game again. But given that it's so low scoring, like I said, minus 155 is a gift. I love this play. A great for me on this run line. I think it's low scoring. Mariners might win 3-2. They might lose 3-2. It's slightly more likely they lose 3-2 than win 3-2. But either way, I don't have to care. <laughs> We're winners. We just got to avoid a 4-2 type ballgame, a 3-1 type ballgame, which is obviously on the table. There's no locks in gambling. But this one, I think it's way more than the 60 point whatever percent of the time we needed to hit to be profitable. I love the Mariners run line here to close us out on a hopefully profitable for baseball and college football Saturday night. So those are the picks. I'll recap again, still waiting to make a pick on the Giants Cubs game. Want to see how the weather plays out, what the run line options are for that. And then no line out for the Red Sox Orioles. So again, check Twitter, check the sheet for those later on. I'll recap the A plays again, though, like I don't want to be a broken record, but I think the B plays offer some value. Even the C plays offer some value. Check the stuff out in the sheet. I've added that for y'all to see how the breakdown is of all of them. The other plays have been doing really well too. So, I, I, I used to say this thing in an intro a long time ago. I haven't said it since, but I think I said it on Twitter and a comment to someone. I used to say this, like, take what you like, leave the rest, right? You don't have to play all the games, but I think there's a lot of good information. So just because I said B-pick doesn't mean you shouldn't play it. If you like it, even C-pick. If I said C-pick and I said, I kind of would go that way and you like it, play it. You know, I think there's a lot of good information there. So take what you like, what you can use, leave the rest. I'll recap the A plays. I know a lot of y'all like those, but I think there's some other good plays here as well. I got the Tigers uh, A grade money line at even money at the Royals. I've got the Brewers on the run line at minus 110 at home against the Reds. I've got the Pirates at home on the run line at even money at home against the Cardinals. And I've got the Mariners on the run line at minus 155 at home against the Braves. That's all I have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. A reminder, check out the Google Sheet for model picks, projections, results. You can find that link and more at the website, www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. If you haven't done so yet, please click that subscribe button to ensure all the sports betting content we've run on this channel is dropped right into your feed. I will see you on Monday with more MLB Picks. We'll be back on Monday, of course, with Cousin Jared for Week 3 College Football. Got a lot of sports this weekend. Hopefully it goes well to you. As always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.